You got problems. You need to get straight. You need a therapist. You know what you, you need? need a therapist. to You Need a Therapist, a weekly show where we discuss life's many challenges and how we process them through the help of therapy. I'm your host, Kayana. And I'm your host, Raven. We're two childhood besties here to speak our unapologetic truth in the hopes of inspiring you to do the same. Join us as we chit-chat about our trash relationships, a horrible case of imposter syndrome, and a load of other problems. Maybe it's time for you to stop putting all that weight on your friend's shoulders. You need a therapist. Now let's start the show. All of Pat and cooking chicken with full seasoning in it. (laughs) (laughs) Did that white people do? Why? uh, What was this on? What was she doing? She posted it on her Instagram, I guess. This is the thing I be talking about. Sometimes people be cooking and showing their food on social media and it don't be looking that good. Sometimes it should be just for you and your family. But like, what is what is her ethnic background? I think she's black and white. Let me see. Let, let me do the Googles. Uh, yeah. Did you see her son? Oh, did you see her son singing at a musical or something like that? Mm-mm. He sounded so good. And you know his daddy can sing, mm-hmm. so he sounded really good, very soulful. Um, but what's not soulful? Oh, is her seasoning that chicken after she done fried it? <laughs> yeah, she she black and white. Her mm. mama white. Well, we know what side that came from. Her mama white. And it's always a difference between mixed kids, depending on what race their mama is. Honestly, for biracial, like black and white kids, like you know the difference if they mama white and you know the difference, like <laughs> mama black. And the difference is seasoning Ooh. that chicken Ooh. after, you know. <laughs> no comment. Because I just so had a full meal from a white man who was raised by two white parents. True, true. And that man can cook. You know, honestly, it's just a skill that you got to get good at and perfect over time because anybody can cook if you try hard enough and to me there's no excuse for these grown-ass adults out here men and women because i hear it from both sides Mm -hmm. that are well in their 30s shit even your 20s you need to know how to cook for yourself Mm -hmm. even if it's just a few meals like it's too many grown adults out here that don't know how to do basic life skills like cook even that so there's people who cook, right? Uh-huh. Then there's people who cook. Yeah. <laughs> and I like good flavored food. And some people out here just throwing it in the pan and taking it right back out. And I'm like, did you season it? Did you <laughs> let it sear? Does it look cooked to you? And I mean, it's all trial and error. Like I said, it's a skill. Over time, you get better at it. There's some things that I cook that I'd be like, mm, I need to try that over again. Right. <laughs> you know, like it's certain <laughs> things that if you're trying it for the first time, it might not come out how you 
yeah, wanted it on the know? difficulty of the meal. Yeah, like yeah. You, especially if you're trying something that's like something that's out of your comfort zone that you've never done before, or whatever. You know, mm-hmm. like you might be trying to cook a different, I don't know, vegetable or some shit you've never tried before. The other day when I was cooking that acorn squash for the first time, that's my first time ever cooking it. Granted, uh-huh. it was fairly simple. It was, but that was my first time cooking it. The shit could have easily gone wrong. I'm about to say, did it go wrong? <laughs> no, it didn't go wrong because I YouTube how to cook that shit before. Yeah. Like, you can learn anything on YouTube with a Google Absolutely. search, but something that you try for the first time, it could easily go wrong. One thing I stay away from that I am not by any means good at is baking. Baking? Not baking. Baking. Oh, I'm about to say, bitch, you don't know how to no bacon? Oh, bitch, I can fry a good piece of bacon now. <laughs> you can. You can. Mm. Mm. <laughs> but, okay, baking. Even that, though, I feel like it's a skill. That's Over a time, you could perfect it. Yes, it is a science. Just like cooking is a science. Like, certain ways and certain styles to cook. Like, if you're really trying to chef it up, it's a science to that shit. Learning mm-hmm. how to caramelize certain things, learn how to do okay. certain things. It's okay, science. That's too much. I'm talking about everyday cooking, though. Oh, okay. But <laughs> I can understand not knowing how to like chef it up, right? Yeah. But everyday cooking, come on, season your food, child. And you know, all you got to do is a little salt, a little pepper, a little garlic, a little garlic powder, a little salt. You know, make sure your rice cooked all the way through. And if you don't know how to cook rice, invest in a rice cooker. They cost like $12. I don't even cook rice regular no more. Unless I'm making Spanish rice. I'll I'll cook yeah, that on the stove. regular, yeah. But white rice? Mm-hmm. Throw that shit in a fucking uh, rice cooker? In a rice cooker. First, and then you cook the rest of your meal. Easy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Period. Child. We're going to do a cooking show or something. But as far as Paula. And this chicken? And this she- chicken. She fried. Did you see it? Did you see the video? No. Okay. She put the chicken in the flour. Hopefully, she cleaned the chicken. She put the chicken <laughs> in the flour. <laughs> you being petty. <laughs> she put the chicken in the flour and then threw it in the grease. It looked like it was a cast iron uh, pan. I'm like, okay. okay. The grease was hot. That's important because some people be throwing chicken in. And it don't be hot enough. It don't be hot. Mm-hmm. And they just, child. Anyway, moving on. Um, and she started, <laughs> she she showed her seasoning. So she had a little Lowry. So I was like, okay, okay. okay a organic pepper. Whatever, okay. I don't care. Organic paprika. Okay. I whatever. like organic. I don't see the problem. I don't see the problem either. Ain't no problem with that. So she had her seasoning together, right? Uh-huh. But as the chicken is cooking in the grease, she proceeds to throw on her Lowry seasoning. And the way she said it, I was like, all right, she know what flavor tastes like. Maybe it don't taste that bad, friend. Because she was like, I'm going to throw some salt on it and make sure you get a hefty portion of the salt because I like my chicken salty. I was like, okay. I'm just confused as to why. She ain't seasoned that part. She didn't season it. Maybe she did. Did we not see that part before? I have to investigate more. But according to the shade room, she did not. (laughs) (laughs) According to PSR, she did not. She just threw that shit in the grease and then proceeded to season it after. Because I season my chicken before I even throw it in the flour and I season my flour. Yeah. Some people don't even season their flour. Some people don't, no. Or some people season the flour and not the chicken, which I'm, I want my chicken seasoned. I want my sure. chicken. If anything going to be seasoned, it's going to be the chicken. I prefer the chicken. The chicken. <laughs> yeah. 
Because you can, if you don't season your flour, you can, damn, season the chicken, which when you throw it in a flour, it's essentially seasoning the flour, right? Yeah. And then you fry it. And then when it comes out, you throw a little salt on, on the chicken after. Yeah. Like hot fries. You season it. You don't season fries or... Yeah, you don't season fries before you, you throw do it, it right at when they come out the grease. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Maybe I'm gonna give her the benefit of the doubt and say that she pre-seasoned that chicken before she put it in. Depending <laughs> on how it look when it come out, I might taste it. Moving on. How are you this week, friend? <laughs> um, how am I this week? I'm good. I'm good. I went to a banquet this weekend with my unit. Mm-hmm. Um, it was cute or whatever. Got to dress up. I got my hair did last week, friend. Friend done switched it up on you, ho. She is, I wouldn't, she got a little blonde, you know, but not full blonde, you know. I'm over here looking like, I'm giving early 2000, mm. when did Keisha Cole come out? 2004? I think I'm so. giving Keisha Cole vibes. I love Keisha Cole color. I'm digging it. I like mm-hmm. it. It's not red. It's like chocolate brown. It's Maybe a little pretty. reddish chocolate brown. It's giving a bunch of different colors, y'all. Nice little blonde mixing. They say blondes have more fun. Child, I'm the same type of fun. I just know I seen Megan the Stallion with that blonde wig on looking to fuck good the other day. She never fails. I mean, she don't miss. That blonde wig was cute, bitch. It almost made me want to go out and get a blonde wig. The only thing she misses with for me is her outfits. I like her outfits. Not all of them. I don't like all of them. <laughs> I don't, for the most part, I don't like her performance outfits. Oh. Like, those outfits to me be a little, mm, did you get that from City Trends? Oh, come on, friend. I like her Mrs. Bubblegum. I'm in the chico <laughs> You're right. Uh, I like that one. I don't know. There's a lot of outfits where I'm like, mm, Megan, oh, no. Maybe but I'm just hair, being biased because I just like Yeah, you're it. a stan. Bitch. Yeah. Stan. <laughs> Granted, I'm starting to become a stan and Megan too. And then, oh my goodness. I think yesterday was the trial for the court for um the shooting. For which one? Meg, when she got shot. Oh, from the baby? Or uh, not the baby. Girl. <laughs> <laughs> one and the same. They one and the same. <laughs> Fucking Tory Lanez. Yeah. Did you hear that nigga was like trying to petition some shit, talking about some? They trying to get rid of a uh, black man from doing concerts and the festivals and stuff, and talking about some y'all need to stand beside y'all black men because they trying to get rid of us and stop us from working and who. Uh, Tory Lanez. No, I'm saying who they trying to stop. Like, where does that come him from? and other rap niggas that I guess has done bad things, and <laughs> the industry is like, oh, like no. Travis Scott. Yeah, and like the baby who said the homophobic comments and like stuff like that. Now they not getting jobs no more, and he was like, oh, we need to to stand and and get our rights back. They're trying to cancel black men and we created this culture and they're trying to get rid of us and not having us perform. And what I will say is, and this is not me taking Tory Lane's side by any means. Mm. Our shit gets highlighted way more than them white folks. Absolutely. It's definitely white folks out here doing drugs. It's definitely white folks out here beating people all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But ours, because we are popular culture for the most part, 
it gets highlighted a lot more. And cancel culture is that shit is real. It's a real thing. And we get on this little train where we just want to cancel everybody out. And so it does seem like we, I don't know. Mm, I, I, Agree with you to a certain extent. At the same mm-hmm. time, if you don't want to get canceled, don't do dumb shit to get canceled over. Like shoot people. One hundred percent. That shoot people shit. The Travis <laughs> Scott thing, though. I'm. I don't know if I differ in many opinions, but I don't think he should get the blame for that. It was several people that needed to be blamed for that. Could he have done something to maybe have stopped it, like stop performing when he seen that things were getting chaotic? Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. He could have done that, but. Was it all his fault? No. Uh-uh. <laughs> no. I've been to a Travis Scott concert and I know how hyped that stuff gets. Yeah. Like I was at Coachella. My friend, she was like, oh, I'm going to go up to the front. Raven, I'm going to push to the front. And I was like, uh, no. <laughs> yeah. I'll meet you back here in the back where all these people sitting in the grass. I'm going to be back here. You go have fun if you want to go, but I'm not going in that mess because I know mosh pits happen. Yeah. I know all that stuff happens. And I'm like, mm, I'm good. The least you can do is not shoot people or say <laughs> bad comments. Um, and then you won't have to worry about getting canceled if that's what you're worried about. Keep your hands to yourself at all times. Didn't they teach you that in uh, kindergarten? Especially, let's not shoot women and you a grown ass man. Let's not do that. I mean, we shouldn't be shooting anybody, but let's not shoot women. Oh, I was listening to because I was making me a little workout playlist. Of course, I got to put some Meg on there. Mm -hmm. But have you really listened to the um, the intro to that that album with um, damn? Damn, damn, damn. What's the, like, good news, bad news? Yeah, what about it? The intro to that? Have you heard it? And how she was calling him a bitch-ass nigga? He a pussy for (laughs) shooting? (laughs) That one? Yeah. Yeah, I don't listen to that shit. I was like, damn, she going off on his Mm -hmm. ass. Yeah. Mm, Well. As she should. Keep your hands to yourself, bitch. (laughs) And her friend, child. Yeah. Couple M's impress her friend. I don't know, child. Mm, Lyrics. You know I don't know. <laughs> um, what's been going on with me? Um, I just left Omaha. I went to go see Little Man for Ooh. his birthday. He's I have so big a now. whole eleven-year-old. That's crazy. I got a preteen. Is that oh my god? Wild? Yes, bitch. That's bananas. Like <laughs> I can't, child, girl. That I can't even imagine me bananas. with a kid right now. Can you imagine me with an 11 year old? Absolutely not. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely not. I can't even imagine your ass with a fucking dog right now. Get alone, fucking bitch. You can barely keep a damn plant together. Like, look, we. Here she go, pulling out her her one little plant. And it looked good. She's doing okay. I give you that. She alive. Yeah. She alive. <laughs> she wants some water. I feed her. I mean, ooh. girl. Anyway, see. Mm. <laughs> anyway. But yeah, I went to go see Little Man. We had a good time. Um, it always sucks though when I have to like leave and come back. I know it. I know. Just a few more months 
of this long distance with my baby. And then he'll be back with me. Thank God. Yeah, I need to come with me to Cali. I'm not coming to Cali, friend. Unless I'm coming to the same city where you at and we can be roommates because the cost of living out there. That's the problem. That's what I'm talking about. Friend, the odds of me getting something in the same city are slim to none. I didn't think I would get where Elvis was, but here we are. If the opportunity presents itself, I Manifestation. will be out there with you. And me, you, and Zay, and Pedro are going to be roommates. Manifestation. No, we got to get, I got to get rid of the cat. No, you can't. He's part of the family. Anywho. Okay. Um, <laughs> Not you skipping over the fact that I'm trying to get rid of the cat. Um, overall, though, I've been good. Yesterday was kind of sad for me, just because, like I said, leaving baby boy. Um, but other than that, I've, I've been in a pretty decent headspace here lately. So no complaints. All right. <laughs> so you guys, this week we are going to introduce a new segment called Let's Unpack This, where we go online and find a, I guess, um, people who are having relationship issues and need advice. So um, to start this off this week, I... Went all to faithful Reddit to um, look for some people who needed some relationship advice. Um, and in the future, hopefully, what our hope is is to have some of our listeners write in, email us, and we can help you guys unpack y'all shit because I'm sure y'all got big bags full of shit. And I mean, we ain't no experts or whatever, but we know a thing or two. So maybe we can help y'all unpack y'all shit and figure it out. Shit, I might bring my, some of my own problems so we can unpack it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I told them that I didn't need to come here and see you, okay? What is wrong with you? First of all, ain't nothing wrong with me. Well, all right, well, all right, look. Let's just talk about your childhood, okay? Let's talk about your childhood. Let's talk about your childhood. This lady is out of control. She is, I, I can't help her. Go see somebody else. I'm done. So this comes from Great Dane underscore not the dog. (laughs) He ain't the dog. He ain't the dog, bitch. Okay. Um, So the description says, I am 36 male having to deal with a frequent meltdown from my 33 female partner. Need advice. Okay, here we go. So... Hi guys, I've been with my partner for five months now and overall I would say that everything is great apart from one issue. Due to cultural slash religious reasons, we both got into the relationship with the outcome to be marriage. This this was very clear from both sides, hence the accelerated marriage talks. It sucks, but it is what it is. Now, I was certain I wanted to marry this girl. She ticks all of my boxes apart from one reoccurring issue that repeats itself frequently. We've been talking about marriage over the last month or two. And damn, it's only been five months anyway. Um, And to be completely fair. Yeah, you're right. And to be completely fair, she brings it up more than I do. That's not because I don't want to or it's just not. It just so happens that way. I can't quite explain why, 
But when she does, I engage and never shut down the conversation. There have been four instances when she has broken down, insinuating that I'm not serious or I don't take marriage as seriously as she does because I never bring up the topic. Ooh, commas, grammar. Can we do something? Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Fair point to a degree. I sort of get why she feels that way. However, She is aware that I am doing things in the background to get the ball rolling. So it's not like I'm just sitting idly. I'm just not vocal about it. This brings us to yesterday where we had a mammoth five to six hour argument where many things were said, not nice things, but no one got abusive or used any inappropriate language. We both admitted we didn't mean certain things, but nonetheless, they were said. And for me, they have left a bit of a mark. She's highly emotional and has been and has had a bad experience in the past, and I was aware of them from day one. However, it feels as though it's creeping slash projecting onto me in some degree. She said yesterday, I don't prioritize her, which to be frank felt like a baseball bat to the temple. I have never, I have never not done anything. What nigga? I have never, <laughs> I'm sorry. I have never not done anything for for her, which I won't go into, but it was a huge insult, which which going into the next day, I haven't been able to shake off despite her saying she didn't mean it. So I know what I need to do to work on this. I need to be more vocal about getting married. However, after yesterday, I'm not quite I'm quite paranoid that I'll never be enough for her to feel prioritized. And believe me, I do a lot. She's a loving girl, but this issue of me not being vocal about marriage leads to frequent meltdowns on her part, which turns into a full-blown argument. I genuinely don't know what to do, so any advice would be great. So how my man is going through with his girl. Uh, What's his name? Great Dane underscore. Not a dog. Not not the dog. <laughs> but he is a dog. Not the dog. <laughs> not the dog. <laughs> hmm. So how we how would you recommend helping this guy out? Hmm. Let's unpack this. Let's, Let's unpack this. Okay. I feel like there's some layers here that we need to unpack. There are layers. What is her reasoning for rushing? Into marriage. It's only well, been five months, right? They said it's religious slash cultural um reasonings why they wanted to get married, but I feel like that in my mind, that doesn't mean to accelerate the marriage talk, but she ain't just trying to fuck. That's why she's trying to let's hurry <laughs> up, get married so we can fuck. So they can so they can do it, have yeah. the sex. Yeah, have the sex. Uh I- I don't know. I, are they waiting for sex though? I don't think they mentioned that. I but no, but like what religion tells you you need to rush into marriage? I don't think there's a rush into it. It's only it's literally only been 5 months. I Unless they're like been, shacking up or something and their parents or people are pressuring them but like oh y'all are shacking up, y'all need to go ahead and get married maybe. That's a matter of opinions then. That's not religious or cultural. Yeah. It's like y'all already living together. What's the rush? True. What's the rush? 
Um. Anyways, these are questions that we can't get answers to, so <laughs> <sighs> we'll we'll just go with what he gave us. So, um, the rush. I would want to know why why is she rushing, but I can't get that answer. Um, my boy. I don't know. Like, if he really wants to be with her, I don't know what's his his reasoning behind like waiting he said there's some check marks he want to make like most men though like most men want to meet these certain things before they start families and have kids and stuff like he that. said it was stuff that he's working on in the background that she knows about is, that she's aware of i just think that maybe she and he said that she had some issues i guess from previous relationships that maybe she hadn't dealt with yet mm. and he felt like she was projecting that on him then he needs to recommend therapy therapy and <laughs> i uh-huh. think that's going to be a reoccurring thing for both not just her but for but both so for that both. But, but she need to unpack that shit first yeah and then they can also do couples therapy I recommend couples therapy for any couple that want to have a long-term relationship. Yeah. (laughs) Even like if if you're considering marriage or if you've been together for a number of years, like couples therapy at some point is going to be, I guess, beneficial for your relationship. Absolutely. Um, But for this couple in particular, I honestly, I think he might need to pump the brakes a little bit. He does slow down <laughs> because she obviously has some things going on, and, and and while that might be the last thing that she wants to do, I think it's something that might actually need to happen for the both of them. Yeah, and then so like, how old did like they say they were? Thirty six. Yeah. So I feel like <clears throat> most men always have like these check marks that they want to make or whatever. I feel like women, um, they don't care about these check marks that men are wanting to make. So like this certain amount of money, this, uh, I don't know, just the regular shit that men want to do before they get married and start families. Typically is they want to make a certain amount of money before they start families. And women are more so like they want to have kids, fuck the money. Mm-hmm. And... I think, I don't know, that's something that they both need to talk about. Because, yes, both are equally important. Like, the emotional side of the woman wanting to have this family and fuck the money. But at the same time, money is what sustains this family. And it's going to cause less stress if we have it when we're raising kids and trying to support us as well. But I can kind of... I feel like I've been his girlfriend, not not to the extent where I was having meltdowns, but to the extent where marriage was kind of a reoccurring topic mm. in my previous relationship. And I think it has to do with us getting to the age now where we do want to start building with someone and creating a family with someone. Um, and when you do find someone that are ticking all the boxes that you have it's like okay this person is a match now let's move forward and see what the what's the next chapter or what's the next level to that because shit in my previous relationship it was about 
the same amount of time, maybe a few more months than that. And we had started having those marriage conversations. Um, so for women, I think we just put more pressure on it. It's because like, once we get into that, this age range where we are now that 33, 35-ish age range, it's like our biological clock start ticking. So mm-hmm. we need to know if you don't want or not. So if not, we can move on to the next and try to figure it out. So mm-hmm. I get to a certain extent and I will always be mindful and try not to bring the conversation up all the time or to the topic of marriage popping up or planning future things together all the damn time. But I can understand why it might be a reoccurring thing for women at least. Mm. I guess I've never been in that position, so I don't know. <laughs> I'm, and and shit, I feel like sometimes part of the reason that uh, I probably wouldn't break it up is in fear of what if this isn't the right person? I, marriage is such a big commitment, right? Mm-hmm. And so in my head, I'm like, well, let me, even if they are taking out of the boxes, not to say that it could go wrong, but especially with a short amount of time, like it could go wrong yeah. <laughs> or this <laughs> could not be the person, even though everything's great right now. Right. Yeah. And then to rush into marriage or something or a kid, which is an even bigger commitment than marriage to me. Yeah. For these two though, I would definitely say, take your time. Honestly, it, it doesn't hurt to, Take another year or two to really get to know one another. If you're getting pressure from like your family and friends saying that, hey, based on your religious um, beliefs, you need to be getting married by this time. Like, I hate that. If it don't feel right, (laughs) don't do it, honestly. If you feel pressured by this girl to get married, like, don't do that shit. And anybody in this type of situation, if you're feeling pressure from somebody, that's not okay. And it's normally a sign, a bad sign, and you need to pay attention to it. Yeah. Um, Because I don't want him to get marry this girl and then end up feeling resentful because of the pressure from the girl right but then also i don't want the girl marrying this dude that she pressured who wasn't ready and to then marry maybe her. some type of resentment later yeah. on down the road yeah yeah and so if it's not if he's not trying to marry you in the amount of time that you want then i do agree take your time and try to work through it but if you can't work through it then that just isn't the person for you i guess like true Leave, leave, I guess. Child. But yeah. I definitely get it though. I definitely get being the female that it's like, all right, oh, I found this guy, he perfect. Ooh, mm-hmm. let's let's get the ball rolling. You know, I got shit, I got plans. But mm-hmm. honestly, one thing that I did learn from my previous relationship is that while it's good to plan for the future, like if shit don't work out, like making all those plans, it kind of sets you up for failure because you feel like shit, like here I am trying to plan a future with this person and it don't work out. And it's like, now what? Uh It leaves you really feeling like in a shitty place because here you are incorporating this person into your life. And then now, eh, 
Yeah. <laughs> like, it's really a shitty spot to be in, and it takes more work to kind of get out of and get back on track. Um, Live in the moment. And that's kind of what I've been like focusing on to a certain extent. Like, yeah, live in the moment, plan, but mm-hmm. also understand that plans fail. Mm-hmm. Most times they do. Um, <laughs> and, and you can sit up here. I don't know what the saying is where it was like you make a plan and, and God laughs or something like that because it's oh, not yeah. it's not gonna go as you you might think. They're gonna be delays. They're gonna be roadblocks. It's gonna be barriers that stop. Bitch, it might be a whole detour, and you just gotta get off the track and and get the map and and reroute. Adapt. (laughs) Adapt. So yeah, but that's it. Um, We're gonna continue to do these little unpacking segments. We hope you guys like it. And like I said in the future, if you want us to unpack your shit, please email us at youneedatherapistpod at gmail. Dot com and we'll read your story and see if we can unpack your shit. Then yeah. unpack this shit in the subject. Please, so we don't have to dig through. <laughs> unpack this shit. All right. Moving on to our topic for today, which is a topic that I think we've both been wanting to discuss for some time now, but wanted to do a little bit of research before we actually just got on here and started talking about it. And the topic is disparities in healthcare. Um, it had been coming up a little bit for myself, not for myself, but for some of my family members, where their quality of healthcare just wasn't where it should be. And I don't always like to pull the race card and say it's due to race, but in these circumstances, I think it was specifically due to race. I don't know. I can't say specifically due to race, but we can't deny the fact that there are disparities in the healthcare system and that they are there because of like racism. Yeah. In the past. So there's these things that, we just can't ignore. And I think that people try to be like, oh, everything isn't about race. Everything doesn't always have to do with race. But some shit does have to do with race. And I think this is one of them in the healthcare system. So um, health disparities, just to give you guys a definition, if you don't know what it is, are preventable differences in the burden of disease, injury, violence, or opportunities to achieve optimal health that are experienced by social disadvantaged populations. So some of these advantages, disadvantages, I'm sorry, include poverty, race, gender, environmental threats, inadequate access to healthcare, sexual identity or orientation, and then educational inequalities. But one of the biggest disadvantages that I think plays a not a bigger role, but plays an important role is the lack of diversity in the health profession generally, because some people that may have not had access previously due to race or poverty that have now been given the access to health care still have a disadvantage because now they have this health care, but they're going to see providers that can't relate to them in any way other than being a human. They don't understand the cultural differences and they don't know how to relate to these people's situations. So there's going to be a huge disconnect in the patient 
and healthcare provider relationship. Most times patients don't trust their healthcare provider or they don't feel like the provider has their best interest at heart and is due to some of these reasons that we mentioned above. And so, friend, I don't know if maybe you have your own personal story that you would like to share. Mm, so, I don't I don't think I have a personal story, but um and I can't say this equates to race or whatever. I just, this is the experience where, um, like, my mom or my grandmother or my grandfather have been to, like, the hospital or whatever. And it takes a multitude of visits, a multitude of stern talks, like, mm-hmm. of them saying, I know my body. Mm-hmm. This doesn't feel right. I'd fuck what the book says. <laughs> <laughs> I know my body that that I've been living with. This mm-hmm. doesn't feel right. So there's something wrong and having to just always like pull teeth to be seen or for them to look into things and stop just covering things up or putting a bandaid on things or whatever. And like actually getting to the root of the problem. Um, mm-hmm. And then with that said, um, when it comes to these disadvantages in the community, right? So my mom, uh, or I feel like most black people do this. They won't go to the doctor because it costs too much. Mm -hmm. The the copay, it costs too much. And so if her head is hurting and she's having constant headaches or she passed out, (laughs) Mm. she like, "Eh, I'm fine. Because she don't want to go to the doctor because it costs too much. It costs too much. So she'd rather risk her health hmm. versus pay that copay. That's probably going to be an arm and a leg. Because then she's going to go get seen by a doctor who's who might dismiss it. Or he might look at it. Or she might have to get an MRI. And that's going to take hundreds of dollars out of her pocket. Almost $1,000 out of her pocket. Depending on how many times she go. Or have to take medicine and stuff like that. Um, I don't know. It's just a multitude of things uh, that could happen. But I personally don't have any experiences with that. I just know their experiences of having to always like put their foot down and badger badger the doctor to be mm-hmm. seen or for them to actually look into what's happening with them. And I do want to mention like sometimes like in your case, like you may not necessarily know that something is happening or something that's going on. Like you might think that you're getting the proper care, but in reality may not necessarily be getting the care that someone else would be getting. Mm -hmm. You know, you could go in for a headache and they'd be like, okay, you know, we're going to give you X, Y, Z. Here's this medicine for the headache. Whereas another individual might go in and be like, oh, let's run these tests. Let's do this blood work. Let's get these MRIs where they didn't even check that for you. They just assumed based off your symptoms and what you were describing that this was the fix to it. So sometimes it may be knowing or unknowing and you just don't, you don't know because shit, you're not a doctor. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> um, And for example, for myself, like, I don't know if, this was the necessary like best route. But when I was a kid and I first got my period, I would get so sick, like to the point where the first two days of my period each month, I was not going to school. 
I remember being in middle school and like literally being on the floor in pain, throwing up. Like Uh I would be so sick those first two days of my period. And I think it was me and another one of my friends um, who had the same issue. Like we would literally be down those first two days. And every time we would go to the doctor, it was basically nothing they could do for me. The only thing that ended up happening was they put me on birth control. And yeah, essentially that fixed the issue. But I feel like it was just a Band-Aid. At this point now, looking back at it, it was just a Band-Aid. Like, had my mom known or had the resources, like, I feel like maybe going to, like, a holistic doctor or some something other than Western medicine may have cured or fixed the issue without putting these hormones in my body to kind of regulate it, you know? And I was so young. I was very, very young. I was, what, 13, maybe? And not sexually active, but being put on birth control just to to put a Band-Aid on this issue that I was having. So, um, but one situation that I do want to bring up is my mom. Like, she had been having issues, two different scenarios, two different issues. And my mom's a veteran, so she goes to the VA. Um, But two different scenarios where she had to reach out to the patient advocacy at the VA hospital because they were not giving her the quality care that she needed. Um, She'd went in and complained and asked for referrals and they were not giving her the care that she needed two or three times for per each issue that she went in complaining about these things. And it's like, they just put a bandaid on it. One time she went to the ER for migraines and the doctor didn't even do a, uh, MRI didn't even do anything, just turned her around and sent her back home. And her biggest issue is that she's like, she, she has frequent migraines. So this isn't something new, but she was like, what if I would have gone back home and had a migraine and went to bed and didn't wake up? She was like, I live alone. Like, uh-huh. this is an issue. Like y'all need to be running these tests to, and do y'all job. And so ultimately she complained enough to, to get the quality care, but it's like, why do we have to go through these avenues and complain and bitch and moan for y'all to hear us and recognize that we're in pain. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. I don't know. I feel that. Well, I don't want to go off track. Never mind. Say, say it. <laughs> no, I just feel like, you know, in the military, how like suicide is like a big issue within the military. And mm-hmm. Um, we, the community, I feel like they, they talk a big talk about it. Right. But when it actually comes down to it and somebody actually getting help for it, or there are signs, different signs of people having depression, anxiety, and all this type of stuff, we don't necessarily treat these people or care for them. Like some people have to literally say, I'm going to kill myself (laughs) Mm -hmm. for you to take it serious. And it should not get like that because most people ain't going to say, I'm going to kill myself before they kill themselves. Mm -hmm. They just going to do it. And then what? Yeah. And then in those scenarios where you have people that actually speak up and try to get help and be like, if things don't get better for me, I'm going to take my own life. Mm -hmm. 
because we have this stigma, like if somebody going to do it, they going to do it. Like we don't take these people serious when they say these things or they're just kind of like, all right, we're going to put you in a hospital for a couple of days. You'll get better. We're going to dope you up. We're going to give you all these medicines and basically turn you into a zombie. So you can't feel any fucking thing. Mm. You can't feel sadness. You can't feel depression, anxiety. You can't feel joy, happiness, or love. You can't feel shit. So mm-hmm. you're literally just walking around in fucking zombie I mode. Bet. <laughs> and you can't do anything like except just be here existing mm-hmm. and that's that's even worse mm-hmm. and so yeah i think that's a big thing in the in our career field in the military where people feel like shit there's been times where i have been at work visibly upset visibly stressed out visibly going through some shit and people have walked past me and at like like ain't shit throwing more work on my desk, throwing more photos on my desk. Here, process this shit. Here, do this shit. So I know firsthand the the shit that people go through because I've experienced it. And mm-hmm. it takes sometimes reaching out and getting help or getting to the point where you just don't give a fuck and you like fuck this work. Yeah. <laughs> That's ultimately the point where I got. Well, I was like, fuck this. This shit is not worth my my health and my well-being, but Everybody not like that. Nope. Everybody can't do that. Sometimes people don't know how to separate work from from their actual life. And when it gets so overwhelming, it, it, they they don't know what else to do. They don't know what else to turn. Yeah, I've been the person who actually reached out to somebody who was visibly upset. Like, it wasn't even my office. Mm-hmm. Like, I walked in the office. I looked at her. I'm like, this girl been crying. Like mm-hmm. you can see she her eyes are red, her answers are like dry and stuff like that. And she had just came back from leave and she was back at work or whatever. Regardless, people act like and this is one thing I do hate about my current place or whatever. They act like you can't take leave, you can't have any downtime, you can't be away from your work, even if you're a solo position. Like I get it. Like you're the only person that can do the job, but like is somebody going to die because I'm not doing the work? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it might pile up and get behind, but like, bro. Yeah. People should be authorized time to be away when life happens. And it ain't got to be a death. It ain't got to be nothing. It could be my mental is happening right now. I should be yeah. able to yeah. take a moment away from work. Because we we got we get leave every, every year mm-hmm. to be able to take. But yeah, I saw her. And I didn't want to like say it out in front of the office. So I pulled one of her coworkers to the side. I was like, I pulled the coworker to the side and I was like, she is visibly upset. Y'all need to send her home. Why is she at work right now? She, she's clearly upset or whatever. And the thing is too, like when I saw her visibly upset, I just walked up to her and I hugged her. Granted, I wasn't. It's just my natural reaction, just because I'm like, yeah, you look fucked up or whatever. So I hugged her, and then later on in that day, she still hadn't been went home or whatever. And she came up to me and she was like, "Thank you," and I was like, "Girl, for what?" Mm-hmm. or whatever. And she was like, "For hugging me and like checking on me and blah blah blah." I was like, "Cause literally, sometimes home. that's all you fucking need. Literally, that is some all you need is somebody to just acknowledge." That you are going through some shit and like, girl, yeah. Child. Anyway, we off track. We did get off track, but (laughs) I felt like that shit needed to be said. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. What's next? The history. Okay. Let's talk about why people or why why sometimes it is about race. And it might it's not necessarily our history, our personal history, our personal experience with this, but like everything <clears throat> in regards to racism in the black community, it's created like a lingering effect and it kind of just hovers over us or whatever. Not to say we shouldn't move past it or try to move past it, but the reality is these things have happened. And it's going to take time for us to move past it and work through it, right? So um, why is there mistrust in the Black community with health providers? Um, I don't know if anybody watches like Lovecraft Country or that's whatever. That's my shit. That's our shit or whatever. <laughs> but there's a specific episode that talks about um, uh, the mistreatment in, uh, back then or whatever. It was basically mm -hmm. doctors and scientists experimenting on humans and just black humans to be specific. Yes. And it's based on a true, it's loosely based on a true experience or whatever. Um, it's episode three. It's called Holy Ghost. And uh, you do a better job of explaining how. <laughs> you want me to happens. explain the episode? Yes. yes, please. Okay. So, um, the main character, what's her name? Journey. Not that's her real name. What's the Letitia. girl? Letitia. Letitia. Letitia Jackson. Lewis. Oh, Lewis. Damn, I done made a name up. <laughs> <laughs> Letitia Lewis, right? Uh, she purchases this house in some neighborhood. I think it was actually a decent a white neighborhood. neighborhood. It was a yeah. white neighborhood. So back in the day, it was like considered a decent neighborhood. But the house was a shithole basically um had kind of been ran down and she basically bought the house and got a whole bunch of people from the black community to build it out um build it up she was going to make it a boarding home but um long story short and if you haven't watched lovecraft um just go look this episode up you too watch late. It. yeah <laughs> um but um, long story short the house was haunted and it was haunted by the ghost of the subjects of this experiment that this doctor was basically taking these people and mashing them up with different body parts and different like sewing on a, a baby arm to a big grown ass man or something like that to see. I don't know what would happen, but he was trying to figure some shit out and the souls of the subjects were trapped in this house and so was that nigga the scientist he was also trapped in there too and was haunting anybody who moved in the home and that's basically the episode and they did uh they got a voodoo priestess coming there and did a uh <laughs> an exorcism and did an exorcism and basically uh freed them niggas they all came together and got rid of the bad ghost and they souls was freed after that. And yes. so that's the episode. It's kind of scary. I ain't going to hold you. That shit was scaring me. It's you know I'm super scary. <laughs> it's a lot of episodes in Lovecraft Country that are scary that I've had to... I've, I'm rewatching that uh, season, but I've had to stop because... Mm -hmm. like, mm, 
I tried to rewatch. Yes, I tried to rewatch, but some of them episodes you have to watch during the day, like them episodes when uh she be going in them bodies and then busting up out of them. Bitch, that shit is scary as hell. <laughs> but that episode was loosely based on. Um, I think they actually used his real name. Um, loosely based on this guy named J. Marion Sims, and he was called the father of modern gynecology bitch or whatever why they try um, to like make it all glamorous sounding like because they like to i'll tell you why so this is why <laughs> he was called the father of modern gynecology so back then during the the antebellum uh period or whatever mm-hmm. um they operated on black enslaved women without anesthesia and this was to what they said to advance uh, medicine or gynecology and and stuff like that. So they operated on uh, black enslaved women and they advertised it as like, I'll do this and help you cure this disease or whatever you're going through for free or whatever. But they would use the black enslaved women. Why they wouldn't use them white women? Because they had some diseases too. I know they did. Child. They did. But um, this doctor hated one. First of all, he hated investigating female organs. Like he came out his mouth and said he hated doing that shit. And how are you sp- hating doing that? And you're the the father of modern gynecology. Mm-hmm. Anyways, during this time too, it's believed it was believed that black patients didn't feel as much pain as white patients. And also, like I said, he didn't give his patients anesthesia. But then he would give them opium after the procedure. Mm. Child. We're not going to talk about him. Anyway, that's enough of him. But this this is just showing how, why black people don't trust healthcare, doctors, and stuff like that. So this is from our past where they will operate on us without anesthesia. Um, let's see. What else? Then there was the runaway slave syndrome is what they called it. And it mm. was created to diagnose uh, slaves who ran away or not slaves. Yeah. yeah it was created to diagnose slaves. slaves who ran away from their masters. Right. Mm-hmm. And as treatment, they would amputate their extremities. Mm. Right. Yeah. Anyway, they're so crazy. It is. And then a uh, next one is during the antebellum period. They would take dead black bodies. And like you said, this is the same thing. Take dead black bodies, like literally take them from their graves and experiment on them. Mm. Like just take black bodies from slaves and just experiment on them. Do the type of shit you probably talking about from Lovecraft Country, child. Yeah. And then I think this one is another uh, study or thing that happened that really is like, central to why people really don't trust the why people are nervous to get covid and stuff like that mm-hmm. or the covid vaccine and stuff like that it's the tuskegee syphilis study mm-hmm. um there's many things that have been said about this and honestly we don't know what's true because we weren't there but um it was said that they took a couple hundred black men and they tested them for syphilis 
didn't tell them that they have syphilis. They just told them they had bad blood and didn't treat them when um, that, when, what is it? Antibiotics became available. Yeah. Um, So that's why, I mean, essentially this is why people are skeptical of the healthcare and doctors and stuff. Yeah. And I think reasonably so. I think that black people in particular have a reason to question the healthcare systems that are in place. Mm-hmm. I think that's also why a lot of people uh, have been choosing to go a more holistic route and kind of get away from Western medicine um, because there are ways to treat and cure things without Western medicine. I'm not telling you to go out and eat mushrooms and then you'll be cured. No, that's not what I'm telling you to do. You need to always consult with a licensed professional, whether that be an actual physician or doctor for your physical health or um, a licensed psychologist or a psychiatrist for your mental health. Mm -hmm. But I'm saying that there are alternative there are alternative ways to healing your body that don't include taking a pill. Like we talked about last week too, on our fitness and diet episode where like during those slavery days too, they would feed us the, the scraps of the pig and stuff like that. And this essentially has followed us. And this is why it is about racism and we can't just right. Get rid of it. Um, it's followed us years later because this type of food is like embedded in our culture and this is what we eat, but ultimately it's killing us. And we're skeptical of doctors because of the past too. So this food is killing us. We ain't going to the doctor uh, because we're skeptical of them. Then we're not going to the doctor because it costs too much. Like it's just, um, it's it builds, it's layers to it. Like, I don't know. Um, another thing too is like for modern day, how we see it in our, our healthcare books is like, they're not showing how a black vagina looks when it has syphilis and a white vagina has when it has syphilis. Typically it's just showing the white person or or whatever. And the way it looks on a white person, red, or I don't know, um, I don't know. It just looks different. It appears different on black skin. Yeah. Basically, like this white vagina does not look like my black vagina. So that's very important to when you're trying to recognize something that's going on with your with your stuff, with anything, with your penis, skin, whatever. It's very you made me think about something. I believe like a couple of um maybe a year or two ago, like it was a doctor or a scientist or someone who did instead of the illustrations in a textbook being of white babies in utero made black babies in utero because when do you see that never <laughs> usually when looking through any textbook and you're looking at illustrations it's typically of a white person it's very rarely a person of color um, and not just black, but any other minority group. It's yeah. rarely anything other than white. And I, I remember it being like a big thing because they had this black baby in these illustrations where it's like, these are things that we need to start normalizing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because I mean, it's 
it's real. You have black babies, nigga. Like, make it normal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if I'm a student and I'm learning, it makes things a little bit easier for me when I see myself in these yeah. things. Even when it comes to like the the figures that they put in the doctor's office, it's typically a white type of figure or whatever. But yeah, we don't see ourselves in these healthcare books or we don't see ourselves in what the the side effects or or whatever it is, inflammation or whatever is going on with our bodies. We don't see what actually would appear on us in our books, which is another layer to it. But um to go off real quick, I was watching a TED talk of this doctor. I think her name was Kiana something, but she was a physical therapist. And she was basically saying like the biggest healthcare disparity is because we don't have enough black doctors or um, minority doctors in these fields. And that one of the easiest ways is to expose kids early to different, different healthcare professions. Like she said, the reason that she even got interested and wanted to become a physical therapist was because she played sports when she was younger Mm-hmm. And she broke her leg or something like that, had to go to physical therapy. So when she was in physical therapy, that's when she was like, oh, this is something that I would like to do, something that I would like to pursue, you know, growing up. But a lot of times little black kids don't know that they can be doctors. They don't believe that they can be doctors because of where they're growing up or the environment that they're in. But if we have more black doctors, more black therapists, more people that look like us in these fields, we're more likely to go, we're more likely to trust and have that patient and provider relationship to where like, if I'm telling you something, I know that you understand me. I don't have to explain why this was an issue. You already know this was an issue because you're a black woman, just like I'm a black woman. So we share some of the same experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's really it's not the way to fix this huge gap between the healthcare of white and non-white people, but it is a start. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the things that I think COVID did help <laughs> or not help, but maybe improve was telehealth options. Mm. Um, because we were locked inside. So now it's like, okay, we have to create a new way to get healthcare. Um, and through COVID came being able to log onto my computer and talk to my provider and tell them the symptoms that I was having. And then they put in a prescription and I can just go to the pharmacy and pick it up versus me having to go physically into the office and see someone same thing for not just your physical health, but for your mental health um, and getting therapy. Um, you have things now like Talkspace and all these other online. We ain't going to mention them. We ain't got no advertising. Like you have these other options where you can do these telehealth things. And like my therapist, I've never seen my therapist in, in person. I've always done virtual uh, Mm -hmm. sessions with her. And so you have these things where maybe in your area, you don't have 
a black therapist right in your city, but in the next city over, that's like maybe an hour away. You can, if y'all in the same state, you can get therapy from this provider. And so things like that, that I think make it a little bit easier to find providers that you might feel more comfortable with. Next thing is using patient advocacy programs. So if or patient surveys. So for like the instant that I, the example I gave before with my mom, she went to the VA patient advocacy comp- uh, program and complained and said, Hey, I have complained about this issue numerous amount of times. I'm still having these issues and they're not doing anything about it. Somebody lost their job at the VA because they did not follow protocol. You were <laughs> And they did not follow protocol. And I'm sorry that you had to lose your job, but you need to do your job properly. And if you just follow these protocols that I put into place, you ain't have to worry about that. Mm. And so Mm. these type of things, these systems are put in place to help the patient. So if you have issues, utilize these tools, utilize these resources, surveys. If you go to your your doctor and you do not receive the, the best care, or the the care that you think you deserve, write a survey, put in the comments. These people did not give me the care that I needed. Mm-hmm. Maybe something will happen, maybe not, but at least you did something. Yes. Um, I'm a firm believer in like, if if you go to the doctor and you feel like the treatment that you're, you've taken their avenue, right? Mm-hmm. And you still feel like they're not doing enough. Keep pre- keep pressing them. <laughs> f- find somebody else who's gonna get the job done. Because mm-hmm. um, maybe this is a tip. I believe that I don't care how much it costs. I get it, but your health is better than your wealth to me. Mm-hmm. Health is wealth. Exactly. So if you're not going to the doctor to get better and feeling good about yourself, then what's what's the point of living? So I know we in the tips and we like wrapping things up, but there was one other TED talk that I was watching and she was discussing like, you know, when you go to the doctor and they have the little paper or the little scale to say, how do you rate your overall health? Mm. And based on what you say, they can tell what type of like status you are like your economic status or where you live and like all these other things and and based the longevity of your life based on these simple questions so if you go in and say on a scale not even a scale but they say how do you view your overall health and you is from excellent to very good to fair to bad to like horrible being the worst based on how you answer that they can tell like a lot about you basically tell the type of healthcare that you receive because essentially when you answer these questions like for me i would say i'm in excellent health right now Mm -hmm. right physically mentally here or there but (laughs) like physically (laughs) overall i'm in excellent health right now i don't have any complaints um i you could say that maybe my my economic status is good. Uh-huh. Um, I'm getting, I have quality health care. You know, I have a good diet. I'm eating enough good food that 
I don't have issues. I'm, I don't have diabetes or I don't have things that could shorten my lifespan. So just based on those questions, that's how you go to the doctor and they ask you how you feeling. Like, <laughs> just think about that. Like that, that question, it really means a lot. And it really says a lot to where you are mm. on that scale. Mm. Right. I would rate mine as just good. Just good, friend? Mm -hmm. Just good. (laughs) Because I feel like, I and I do that because I'm like, there's always room for improvement, right? Yeah. Like, I don't have something that's killing, like, I don't have no autoimmune disease, no terminal disease that's, like, slowly chipping away at me or whatever. Mm -hmm. I could always improve my diet. I can always improve my physical fitness. You write about mental health. It's here and there. <laughs> Child, <laughs> yeah. Teetering and tottering. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, overall, I do think I'm in good health. I'm a healthy person overall. Yeah. Um, so, but child, that's why I rate it good, not excellent, and not fair. Yeah. Like, yeah, there are certain things that I can always improve. Like, Bitch, when I tell you my hips be so tight, I need to stretch. <laughs> Ain't gonna lie, it's my knees for me. All my bones be cracking. I be pop locking and dropping, snap crackling, popping like everything over here. I sound like I am eighty years old, bitch. When I simply get out of bed, it sounds like a firecracker show. I am only thirty one. Why do I sound like this? I don't know. My knees been too long and I try to stretch my legs out, bitch. Like, the fuck? I'm starting to get, I feel like I'm starting to get when the weather change. You getting that awful? That gout, child. Don't say the gout, (laughs) bitch. (laughs) It might be Arthur. I think it, but child, we ain't gonna, neither here nor there. I'm pushing through. Like, bitch, you got to keep moving it so you don't lose it. That's and that's the- what I'm, and that's, that's where I'm at. I'm going to keep moving till I can't move no more, bitch. You're mm-hmm. going to have to take it from me. You going to have to take it from me, <laughs> bitch. <laughs> oh my God. But last tip is to open our own clinics, have our own practices um, go to school, become licensed therapists, do these things. If you feel like you have a call in to do these things, to help your community and give back, give back because we need more people that look like us, people of color, people that are minorities that can relate and understand the things that we go through and don't just dismiss them. Um, and that's not to say that all doctors are bad doctors, but sometimes they simply don't understand the struggles that we go through. And I think the, one of the ways to fix this is to have more people, more minorities to represent in those spaces, to advocate for us and to, to just understand. One of the biggest things is sometimes if you can't relate to your doctor, like you don't feel comfortable telling them everything. Uh-huh. That's one of the reasons why I have a black therapist. I would not feel comfortable going up and telling a white man all my problems. and and. I don't mind paying out of pocket for that type of healthcare because I could go through TRICARE and my my military resources and get a therapist, but it's not going to be the therapist for me. Uh It's going to be some old white man that they assigned to me that don't know shit about being a black woman. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's not it's not going to be beneficial for me. And just like I think we said this in the past, just how, like how relationships are, just like how therapists are, mm-hmm. every doctor ain't for you. Exactly. So if that doctor, if you the chemistry not there, you feel like your needs aren't getting met. Met change doctors, and 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 that is not always as easy it's done not. as it because sometimes you have networks, you have all these other things that are in place that restrict you and limit you. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's one of those things that I said you have to use these resources like patient advocacy and be like, Hey, this doctor, y'all need to match me up with somebody else. Find me another primary care because this is not working and -hmm. keep doing that until you find something that does work, whether it's your physical health or your mental health, because both are important. Yes. I've had doctors go up in my vagina and be like, "Mm, okay, good to go. (laughs) But then I've also had doctors who were very like, who talked to me, Mm -hmm. who were, who made it light because mm-hmm. it's a very uncomfortable situation when you opening <laughs> your legs up and you trying to check me for any and everything, not mm-hmm. knowing what the outcome going to be. Right. Yeah. Like, cause you're there for a reason <laughs> <laughs> and you don't know what yeah. the outcome going to be. So to relax me and to make me feel comfortable to even be honest with the questions that you're asking me, because everybody ain't honest when they go to the doctor. It's your doctor. You should be honest, child. Mm-hmm. It's confidentiality type thing. So please tell your doctor the hell, child. They trying to help you. <laughs> Just like your therapist. Stop lying to them. Just tell them everything. Anyway. But seriously, no. In those yeah. situations, like that is very awkward having a doctor. I, there's been times in the past where I had white male doctors looking at my vagina telling me oh things that I need and don't need like Uh bitch like I understand you're not there and you went to school for all this shit but I I would much prefer a woman I don't even care if it's a white woman a brown woman a black woman I don't care I prefer a woman because a woman knows (laughs) see I don't care as long as you keep it professional Mm -hmm. as long as you make me feel comfortable Mm -hmm. I I can be able to trust you if if there's those things like now I don't know. I can trust you if there's, I don't care if it's a white man. If, if it's a white man and he doing his job like he's supposed to, I don't give a fuck. Be professional. Do your job. That's how I feel about it. I'm, granted, everybody got their own little tics, but yeah. I don't care. As long as you're professional and you're doing your job, I don't care. Um, Thank y'all <laughs> for listening to another episode of You Need a Therapist podcast. Mm. I hope we can do, continue to do y'all uh, the the un what shit fuck what are you trying to say what is it called let's unpack this okay <laughs> hopefully <laughs> we can continue this and you guys end up sending your uh your own shit we need to unpack and I'll bring some shit that because I got shit too I'll bring some shit too <laughs> so we can unpack it and uh yeah so follow us at you need a therapist podcast Wait, you need a therapist therapist pod. God damn it. And email us. (laughs) Email us at unitotherapistpod at gmail.com. And if you're going to send us a a, let's unpack this thing, then put unpack, let's unpack this shit. Anyway, it's time to go because I'm getting okay nerves. Bye. (laughs) Bye, (laughs) y'all. A diamond chain All you blacks want all the same thing Used to only be niggas Now everybody playing 
winning anything on Alexander Wang, new slaves. You see his leaders and his followers, but I'd rather be a dick than a swallower. You see his leaders 